Hello, and welcome to our podcast. My name is Keegan. Today's topics are beekeeping, climate change, and how they affect each other. Imagine if one-third of all food disappeared. Imagine what would happen if flowers stopped growing. Imagine if farmers all around the world lost their jobs. As strange as it may seem, these things are happening as we speak. The story starts around the early 2000s, when beekeepers start noticing something incredibly anomalous. Bees were completely abandoning their hives in masses, leaving their larvae and sometimes even their queen to die. It turns out that this problem is indirectly caused by climate change. Because if bees are having trouble adapting to their changing environment, then they won't survive without the nectar that they get from flowers. This became known as Colony Collapse Disorder, and it ruined many industrial beekeepers' careers. To hear about the origins of CCD, we visited beekeeping expert Joseph Salvatore. So Colony Collapse Disorder, as far as I know, was identified for the first time in the early 2000 era. Large-scale beekeepers, most of the folks who do what they call migratory beekeeping, where they take bees from one particular state, let's say out to central California for almond pollination, they were finding colonies of bees that were just empty. No death, no dead bees laying in there. Um, the queen was usually left behind. There was brood that was just abandoned. And it, it became a national crisis. It was a very strange thing. It was almost like the bees were sort of like the canaries in the coal mine in a way. The disappearing of the bees started to raise the awareness on a national and international level of some of the issues that we're having with the loss of our pollinators and how vital they are to our food supply. We also contacted Tim Norris, also a beekeeper, to learn more about how threatened bees are as a species. He states that climate change does affect bees because when the climate changes drastically, the bees have trouble pollinating, so in the winter they don't survive in their hives with no nectar. We were also wondering about a beetle we researched that was said to destroy entire colonies. So I've heard of a, a type of beetle that's capable of destroying a uh, beehive. Uh, is that true or like? Yes, absolutely. There is a pest uh, that is here in, in North America now uh, known as the small hive beetle. It's more predominant in the southern regions than it is up north. However, it is seeming to expand its territory more and more. And small hive beetles, for me, most pests are what we would call, you know, just an indicator of greater issues. So where you see large amounts of small hive beetle or small hive beetle damage, for me, those are indicators that there are other health issues with the colony. But it's something you sort of deal with. Most colonies can kind of live with that particular pest. You know, the neat thing about bees is, you know, bees have been on this planet for somewhere between 120 to 130 million years. These are organisms that are fully capable of evolution and have been wonderful in terms of evolving with the planet through all the changes that it's gone through. And so the one neat thing about honeybees is that given enough time and opportunity, honeybees have the ability to evolve. And we've seen this elsewhere in other regions where bees have actually been left without any type of human intervention. 
And even though their population was decimated for a period of time, they've been able to evolve resistance or, let's say, tolerance to some of their parasites and some of the pests that they deal with. Joseph says that although the bees will survive on, the beetles are invading their hives and making it hard for bees to pollinate. It affects how they live. They can't drink water. They can't get food. They can't keep up with the changing climate. All of this affects the bees living. This means the bees cannot go out and collect pollination from the plants. They aren't necessarily in danger as a species, but the way that bees are being affected shows that we are killing our planet. As is clearly apparent, climate change is playing a major part in the world of beekeeping. And as honeybees disappear and the pollination of plants is threatened and a huge amount of food we eat is in danger, it seems like there's no real way of fixing it. But just because climate change is a worldwide issue, it doesn't mean there isn't anything you can do to help out. So I think humans looking at the environment strictly with an eye for a particular look is detrimental to a lot of the natural ecosystem. But as more of us can make little choices, grow more weeds, plant native plants, plant things that do support pollinators or that are fruit bearing, that will benefit us, that will also benefit wildlife. Little choices like that can have, I think, a profound impact. Uh, it's interesting that there's a there's a tree you know, known as the linden tree. Some people call it basswood or lime tree. They say a mature basswood, about a 20 or 30 year old basswood tree, will produce about one acre worth of nectar. So it's about the equivalent of a one acre, one acre of, of, of clover. It's growing vertically as opposed to a one acre field. So planting trees that will benefit a variety of different organisms. Those are good ideas that people can take to heart and, and implement. Remember that although climate change seems out of reach, even the smallest of actions can lead to the biggest of changes. There are too many ways to name that you can help with climate change, but one of the simplest is composting. Composting is very helpful for the environment because it helps the soil and distributes minerals back into the earth. This is effectively reusing waste into something more useful. Composting reduces the amount of trash being put into the environment. It also helps around the house. By reusing the waste from food that you don't eat, you can save so much money. To compost, just find a space in your yard where you can put all of your food scraps. After eating a meal, if you have any organic recyclable trash, just throw it into the compost bin and wait. If you're looking to save not only money, but the environment itself, then consider giving composting a try. It just might save the world. Not only does composting lower the amount of carbon dioxide in the air, it reduces methane from landfills. None of this may seem like a big deal to some, but a small first step can influence a million more steps from a million more people. You might think that climate change doesn't affect you, but it does, and now is the time to step up and help keep this world alive. We live on Earth. We grow on Earth. We die on Earth. Now we are destroying the Earth, our one and only home. Thank you for listening to the podcast. First and foremost, 
we would like to thank Joseph Salvatore and Tim Norris for letting us interview them. They have been very good to work with, and we couldn't have done this without them. We would also like to thank our expedition leaders, Jerry Lubos, Drew Fowler, and Chris DeFury. These teachers have really pushed us to work very hard and create a superb podcast. Lastly, we would like to thank you, the listeners, for tuning into our podcast. Remember that no matter who you are, where you are, what age you are, what race you are, you are fully capable of making a difference. Thank you.